Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 415th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston. To go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened this weekend, and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is yesterday's season-saving upset by the Patriots over the Ravens. It was actually last night. So I guess the dynasty is not dead yet. And uh, I think the Patriots sent a message to all teams that coming that are coming into Foxborough and in bad weather, that it's not going to be easy uh, to beat the Patriots at home in weather like we saw last night, which was just incredible. Uh, in that final Ravens drive, you could hardly even see it on the screen. It was uh, such a torrential downpour and wind. But the Patriots, uh, as they do, Bill Belichick in particular has built an offense around Cam Newton and his running ability. So they have this ground and pound offense, which we saw in full display last night with some opportunistic passing when necessary. And it looks like they've uh, struck upon a formula. I mean, they were they had to beat the Jets to keep the season alive. They did. But last night was a totally different story. Uh in beating a very good playoff uh, team in the Ravens, and again serving notice to all the all teams that may come into Foxborough, especially in the playoffs, that uh, they are suited now to bad weather, and uh, and have designed a game that is going to play well. So, again, most importantly, it just keeps the season going, and keeps the interest alive and uh we'll see what happens but they're redefining the word ugly football and old school uh felt like a game right out of the 1950s last night and uh and it was just really uh amazing to see especially at the end where the patriots seemed to be okay with the weather while the ravens did not uh, a couple fumbled snaps cost them dearly, uh, the Ravens and the Patriots just, uh, and they also have, you know, a defense tailored to all this, uh, kind of a bend but don't break type of defense. And uh, so uh, the fun is back in New England, at least for now, and uh, we'll see what develops. And yesterday was the usual big day in the NFL and DeAndre Hopkins 
of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who, by the way, will be in Foxborough on November 29th. Circle your date calendar for that one, uh, i.e. the bad weather I just mentioned. Anyway, uh, DeAndre Hopkins caught an unbelievable Hail Mary pass from quarterback Kyler Murray to beat the Bills uh, on basically the last play of the game. The Bills had just scored very late with like a minute to go, and Kyler Murray, running to his left, launched it at the last second as he was about to go out of bounds, 55 yards in the air, where DeAndre Hopkins uh, out-jumped three defenders from the Bills to snag it and give us uh, a Hail Mary for the ages. So hats off to them, the Houston Texans trading DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it's been a, a move that has been questioned since the day it occurred, but never more so than uh, yesterday evening when he just uh, showed what he's all about, which may be just about the best receiver in the NFL or certainly top three, no doubt about it. And Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-0, and hard to believe, continue to just roll along. They laid it on the Bengals yesterday at Hyden's Field. Uh, with just a solid victory, and uh, what a bounce-back year for them after Ben's injury last year, and they are just looking awesome. They flashed up their schedule last night for the rest of the year, and a couple tough games, but all in all, not too bad. So I'd say uh, the watch is on, officially. And lastly on the highlights from yesterday, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And Tom Brady bounced back. Uh, Tom Brady is the king of the comebacks, as I've learned from being a 20-year Patriots season ticket member. Uh, Nobody comes off a bad game like Brady. And, boy, he showed it again yesterday. Three touchdown passes uh, and just, you know, did what he does. Hit Gronk for another touchdown. And so, needless to say, the Bucs are up and down. This, of course, is coming off their just demolition uh, handed to them by the New Orleans Saints in Tampa just uh, a mere eight days ago. But again, uh, Brady, I don't know if he owns the record, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does with this long list of records as uh, the best comeback player of all time, best quarterback where... uh, the week after a loss, he, his record is just sterling and has been through the years. Well, my low light of the week is Penn State. As a native central Pennsylvanian, uh, it's stunning that they are winless at 0-4. They lost over the weekend to Nebraska out in Lincoln. And Luke McCaffrey, the quarterback of Nebraska, I believe he's a freshman, Christian McCaffrey's uh, younger brother, as well as Ed McCaffrey, the former uh, NFL receiver. Uh, he looked great, and they took down Penn State. I watched that game and went down to the final gun. They had lots of chances, to say the least. Uh, Penn State did, had the ball down uh, in the red zone for basically what felt like eight to ten plays. And they just could not punch it in. But So Nebraska, hats off to them for uh, stepping up on defense and keeping them out of the end zone. And lastly, my bizarre story of the week uh, was watching the Masters 
without patrons. I've had the good fortune to be at the Masters three times, and uh, including April of 2019. So watching it in November was uh, also rather bizarre. No azaleas, but a little fall color. Uh, and But without patrons, it was really interesting, uh, different. Uh, no Augusta roars, to say the least, let alone tiger roars. And... Uh, one interesting thing, if there was sort of a silver lining or something that was good about how different it was, it was being able to see the whole course because patrons weren't there. So you really got a better sense of the layout and whatnot and how beautiful Augusta really is. So that was cool. And uh, congratulations to Dustin Johnson. 20 under, amazing. 20 under in 2020. Uh, he may be one of the few people that's happy about 2020. And... Uh, and, you know, it was a little dicey there, given his history. I think the lead shrunk to one. It started out at four yesterday. Uh, but to his credit, he nailed a putt when he had to, went from one stroke up to three strokes up on one hole, and then coasted from there. So he's the number one player in the world. I had the good fortune of being in the first row at Oakmont when he won his U.S. Open in 2016 on the 16th hole with the putt of the day, the putt of the tournament to seal the victory. And I was lucky enough to be right in the first row looking at him. So I've always been uh, a fan ever since. And now he has a second major and watch out golf world. Here comes DJ and uh, the monkey's officially off his back about not winning majors or only having won one or not, you know, closing it out on Sundays when he had some leads in the past, but I think that's all gone. And now he could really uh, ascend to the next level, to say the least. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. 
Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today? Hey, doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for joining us, as always. And it must have been a little strange for you over the weekend with uh, Alabama not only not playing, but having the game the annual big game with LSU postponed. I don't know how big it would have been this year, given LSU's record. But uh, right. nonetheless, AP, uh, uh, and they were not alone in SEC teams and beyond having games canceled. So, uh, again, must have been kind of strange for you down there. Yeah, it was, John. Not to have Auburn or Alabama playing in the state and, uh, a limited amount of, of games that were on TV to watch, but uh, I found a few that were interesting. I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, uh, one game that I found interesting was, uh, well, a couple, actually. But uh, being based in Boston, I certainly found the BC-Notre Dame game interesting. Notre Dame coming off their massive victory against Clemson the previous Saturday, last Saturday. And BC, uh, the week before, giving Clemson all they could handle down in Death Valley. Uh, But then here they are hosting Notre Dame, kind of a quirky bit bit of the schedule that they would face those two teams in a row. And, uh, you know, they hung with with Notre Dame. Uh, It was in Chestnut Hill and, you know... I, as I've said for years about BC, every five years or so in both basketball and football, they seem to rise up and shock the nation with an upset. And certainly a lot of people up in Boston were anticipating that was going to happen this weekend. It didn't, but nonetheless, Notre, BC gave Notre Dame pretty much all they could handle. Yeah, they gave them a good ball game. And I just 
like to say that I think this Notre Dame team is uh, peaking. Uh, you know, they're on the upswing and getting better every week offensively and defensively. Yes. They're impressive as well. Yes, they really are. Um, they're they're looking good. You know, their victory over Clemson, you know, cannot be overstated, to say the least, with or without Trevor Lawrence playing in the game, since the quarterback who did play, the backup, as it were, had a spectacular game. So I don't think anybody's really, uh, shall we say, going overboard, discounting that victory, to say the least. And uh, No. Not at all. It, no, no, not at all. And, John, you know, when you're looking at this game down the road, you saw that Notre Dame won this week. I mean, that was – everybody was pointing to that uh, contest at, at Boston College saying this could possibly be a trip up for Notre Dame, but they hung tough and won the ball game. But if you watched – I watched also the North Carolina game against Wake Forest, and that quarterback for North Carolina, he's spectacular. I believe that Notre Dame game is at Chapel Hill on the Friday before, uh, right after Thanksgiving. So that's they can score points. I mean, in warmups, North Carolina, that's going to be a tough ball game for them on the road. But I think that Notre Dame is, like I said, is peaking at the right time, and um, it'd be, be interesting. Quite interesting, no doubt about it. Um, and. It's going to be fun to watch. Suddenly the ACC, you know, with Notre Dame as a member for this year, so to speak, uh, is, you know, looking, uh, you know, really good. You know, another game that really caught my attention for the sheer, uh, you know, offensive display is Florida AP. You know, the Gators are... uh, you know, right there in the mix is the potential, at this point, I'd call them the fifth team. First team in if somebody stumbles in the college football playoff. And they rang up over 60 points against Arkansas and their former quarterback, Felipe Franks. And so the Gators are really, uh, they're, they're, they're really more and more looking like the real deal. They do have a loss, but uh, they also have a lot of very, very good victories. Well, yeah, if you think about the fact that Ole Miss came coming off, I think, a hot game against Alabama, I think it was the next weekend, where they played Arkansas, and Arkansas shut them down. And uh, next thing you know, Arkansas is at Florida, and, and the Gators, uh, you know, hang 60 on them. So that's impressive because Ole Miss is, is a fantastic offensive team. As uh, we saw this weekend, they put 59, I guess, on South Carolina. Uh, so that's something to watch out that Florida's quarterback is in the Heisman race, strong contender. And if they are able to win out and play Alabama, uh, they have the capability with their offensive team to put so many points on the board that if they get on top of you, uh, you might not catch up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, again, a lot of excitement in Florida to say the least. And, uh, and speaking of Florida, Miami, I was actually on the road this past weekend and happened to stay in the spectacular Shenandoah Valley region in Southern Virginia, literally right down the road from Blacksburg where Virginia tech is located. And there was a lot of excitement, uh, staying over there Friday night into Saturday. And, uh, 
because Virginia Tech was hosting top 10 Miami. And a uh, great game. Miami, you know, won, uh, won late. And it was just, uh, you know, just a, a great, great game. Uh, 25-24, they won. And uh, so, yeah, it was good to get a taste, AP, of Virginia Tech football. Uh, I can't overstate how impressed I was with uh, what a big deal they are down there. Like, a really big deal. Um, yeah, which I kind of knew, but I had never witnessed it. Yeah, their fan base is rabid, and uh, it's been that way for quite a while. But that was quite a ball game for Miami to come back and win by a point. I think it was, right? One point. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just – I was literally driving at kickoff at noon on Saturday past Blacksburg. <laughs> so within, I'm sure, minutes of the Virginia Tech – campus where the game was being played and uh so it was all very exciting but again uh i was staying up in roanoke where there was a lot of you know just people wearing virginia tech garb and whatnot uh, obviously you know not the usual packed house at lane stadium but it didn't matter the the spirit was in the air and it was it was a wow it really was um because, you, you know, what they tap into that a lot of people may not realize, and I'm aware of it, but I hadn't seen it until this past weekend, was, you know, that that they own, like, Washington, D.C. area, all of Virginia. Yeah. You know, we were right down the road from Charlottesville, too. But Virginia Tech is a really, really big deal down there. Uh, so it was cool. It was really cool. I loved it. Yeah, people really enjoy that team for many years. Frank Beamer now... Uh Yep. You know, Justin Fuentes. So, yeah, they, they have a good time there in Black in uh, Blacksburg. They most certainly do. Um, so what was your takeaway from the SEC this weekend for the games that were actually played, even though, as I, I mentioned earlier, a few were canceled? Right. Yeah, yeah, you had Kentucky beating Vanderbilt. That was to be expected. Uh, Kentucky comes to Tuscaloosa this weekend to play Alabama. Uh, you had the uh, Ole Miss putting on an offensive showcase against South Carolina with that 59 points. I mean, Lane Kiffin, he's a fabulous play caller. And, of course, subsequently they ended up firing Will Muschamp at South Carolina a day or two later. So uh, I guess it was a day later. So that was led to his demise because he's a defensive coach and things aren't going in the right direction. So I'm sure they're on the prowl for somebody like a Hugh Freeze or maybe Billy Napier. Uh, he, Billy Napier is a coach over there in Louisiana. He, he played, uh, he coached over there at Furman and South Carolina state. And, uh, he's familiar with South Carolina, the state. So he'd be one of the candidates, but, uh, that Arkansas game, you know, was significant to Florida quarterback. He's playing so well that should yes. put the fear in a lot of people, I believe, because he's standing back there and, and like he's playing the game by himself. Just, Kyle just Trask, looks good if in I'm the mistaken, pocket. Right? Yeah, right. Kyle Trask. Yeah, he looks good in the pocket. 
is an interesting story back up in high school, back up at Florida, ends up, ends up getting the starting nod with Dan Mullen. And we all know Dan Mullen's a quarterback whisperer. So uh, if they can play a little defense, they definitely can score enough points to win a game. Can they stop the other team? That's got to be the big question moving forward. No doubt about it. And speaking of playing defense, there wasn't a whole lot of defense being played in the North Carolina Wake Forest game. <laughs> that looked like a Big 12 game with a final of oh my 50, gosh. Yeah. 59-53. And the Tar Heels are, you know, 6-2 and two now. And Wake Forest is a solid team at 4-3, and three, but they put on a show, no doubt about that. So the ACC's, you know, they've been fun to watch this year, when you, certainly yeah, when you mix in Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah, very entertaining, those other two teams you mentioned, North Carolina and Wake Forest. And I thought Wake Forest was going to win that game. I was chalking it up when they were ahead. I think it was a 45-31 at one point. So I think that was a score. But I thought Wake Forest would hang on to win, but couldn't get enough offense. I mean, when you score 53 and lose, I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a very difficult job. To it go really home and say, hey, we, put, we, scored, we scored 53 points and we lost the game. This is just not even in overtime. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, what can you say? Welcome to the Big 12 East, right? I mean, that, that's a classic yeah. Big 12 score right there. Um, uh, oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's fun. You know, on one hand, I know that there's, you know, an element of, almost not being taken seriously, the Big 12, because of scores like that. And obviously filtering in not only to the ACC, but across college football. It just, it's so offensive-minded now. These quarterbacks are so proficient. You, you know, you hardly even, like, blink an eye now when you see a 500 yards passing game, stuff like that. You just don't. Uh, no, you don't. You don't. Common. You, you don't. No. And, uh, you, you, you know, you know, you know what catches your eye, John, is when you don't have a quarterback. Correct. Bingo, bingo. And with all the transfers mm. now, you know the the yeah. the wealth has been spread since all these yeah. hotshot quarterbacks that are playing, you know, seven on seven at age seven. <laughs> you know, right, or, right. they don't get to st- just start with Justin Fields, and the list goes on and on. Felipe Franks, on and on. And, you know, they don't get the starting job. That's fine. They just transfer and head up another program. And so you suddenly have all these great quarterbacks distributed around the country. And it's great. It's, I think we're, we're all winners in this scenario. I love it. Oh, yeah. John, you see somebody like Indiana shutting out Michigan State. Yes. I mean, I know Indiana, Indiana's playing some good defense, but to be shut out in this day and age or you get a Michigan team – Scoring what eleven points at home? I mean, Absolutely. That means there's serious issues with your quarterback and your offense. No doubt about it, AP. And in fact, you read my mind because I really want to get to some Big Ten football, and we will. But right now, it's time for our break, and we will get to the Big Ten because hit on exactly what I want to talk about next segment, and we will do that on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show. 
The Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy, a.k.a. Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., as promised and as you mentioned, we're going to spend a little time here to start the segment talking about the Big Ten and me being me, i got to start with Penn State uh, now at a staggering 0-4, winless. It's uh, the entire state of Pennsylvania where I also spent some time in the past couple weeks is uh, <laughs> stunned in mourning, you might say. Uh, but this, this weekend, uh, you know, Luke McCaffrey, younger brother of Christian and son of Ed, uh, starting quarterback for the first time for Nebraska. And he 
delivered a victory over Penn State. Uh, I've been to Lincoln a couple years ago for the Ohio State-Nebraska game. Great place to watch a game, again, like everywhere. Uh, not many fans, but uh, it was just, you know, an impressive victory. Bottom line, Penn State had the ball a couple of times late, down seven in the red zone, six, eight downs to try to get it in and tie it or go for two and win it. And they just couldn't do it, AP. <clears throat> you know, and all credit to Nebraska's defense for holding them down, holding them out. But, uh, yes, so Penn State at 0-4 is a reflection of kind of what's happening in the Big Ten because you mentioned Michigan at 1-3, and I believe. Michigan State just getting trounced by teams like Rutgers, I believe, a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. uh, so the Big Ten, uh, to a degree uh, – is a bit upside down. Right. You have Indiana, uh, 4-0, and you have Northwestern beat Purdue. They're having an excellent year so far. Uh, and, John, you look at Penn State's remaining schedule. Had to play Iowa this week. They host Iowa at Michigan, at Rutgers, Michigan State. They, they, could, win, they could win the rest of those games uh, and and then they have to play another game on the uh, the 19th, probably. I know that the Big Ten, uh, they had regular season games that would end on the same day as the championship as well. So uh, that, that could happen. They could win a, a fifth game on the 19th. But, yeah, the, the, the uh, Big Ten is upside down with those, the usual players, Michigan, Penn State, just suffering through the season. Correct, correct. And... The games you just mentioned about Penn State have upcoming. They could also lose them all. They could go winless. Yes. I mean, and they had a terrible blow with, you know, their star freshman running back from last year, breakout athlete, Journey Brown, uh, uh, being diagnosed with a heart condition. So his football career, not just the season, his football career is over. He sent out a really, like, heartwarming, but so very sad text, uh, I shouldn't say text, social media post, and, you know, just a lot going on there, AP, you know, uh, James Franklin, the coach, is living away from his family uh, for this season, I think they're down in Florida, while he is, of course, up in State College, you know, it's just not happening, Uh I mean, they've been playing freshman running backs. None of this is excuses whatsoever. Penn State can't go 0-4. That's all there is to it. No. And it really got no. rolling, AP, with, you know, uh, losing the first game against Indiana. Uh, should mm-hmm. I say number nine, Indiana, who, of course, won that spectacular overtime when the quarterback dove and uh, hit the pylon with the ball and, uh, they beat Penn State, and it's been all downhill for Penn State, but it's been all uh, all good for Indiana, the Hoosiers. <laughs> Let's not forget when I say that, the Hoosiers, we're talking about one of the all-time great <laughs> basketball schools who have not been on the football radar, radar much. And AP, no. number no. nine, Indiana, is playing at number three, Ohio State, this weekend, this Saturday at noon Eastern. It's the game of the day, without a doubt, in my mind. Oh, yeah, and, John, they have so much confidence right now. The quarterback and the receiver had a big day against Michigan State. I just believe that they're not going to shut them, shut them down. 
that combination, and they get a little luck with a turnover here and there. Uh, Ohio State, I think right now, is about a 20-point favorite, but I, I just think it's going to be a competitive ball game because of the confidence and the way they're executing um, you know, offensively and playing good defense. Correct, correct. And let's not forget to win that Penn State game. I mean, they scored and were down one point in overtime. And their coach, who has suddenly become a star, uh, the coach of Indiana, you know, made the decision at home to go for two. And it was a controversial play. Uh, you know, did the ball hit the ground before it hit the pylon or not? Doesn't matter. Uh, they, they, they got the two-point conversion. The game ended right there. They won. And now the coach is an absolute star. And they're on a roll, and they have, you mentioned it, we talked earlier, the importance of quarterbacks. They have an excellent quarterback and just a really good team. So, uh, again, a lot of intrigue with that game, and we're going to find out two things. Is Indiana for real, or is Ohio State as good as advertised? And we're going to find out on Saturday, and I'm very intrigued by that game, to say the least. Yeah, John, you have to be thinking if, if Indiana has one of those special seasons. I mean, the last time they were in the Rose Bowl, I, I believe it was uh, the 60, 67 Indiana team played USC, and O.J. Simpson was a junior in the Rose Bowl. I, last time they have been to the big, the big game on New Year's Day. But can you build a program at Indiana? In other words, Northwestern, if you think about it, you know, ever since the mid-'90s, they've been having some – Pretty good football teams at Northwestern. They're no longer, you know, you have to, you just show up and beat Northwestern. I mean, no. you know, you know. So, and it can be done at Northwestern. Can you do that at Indiana when you have Michigan's down and Penn State's down and Nebraska's down? I mean, these are all teams in the Midwest. You're recruiting players in that area. Can you say, hey, look, those are teams of yesteryear. We can do big things here at Indiana, and you can make a name for yourself. For you know, forever. Uh, be part of the folklore in this state and uh, as part of the Big Ten. Can you flip that in the next 10 years to have a team where, you know, you're winning eight games or so minimum and and maybe competing for the title in in the next 10 years, let's say? Can that happen in Indiana when you have all these other teams that are, I mean, who would ever thought, John, you know, you and I would be saying Nebraska down, Penn State's down, Michigan's down, Michigan State's down. I mean, that's four teams that usually are, are winning ball games in the Big Ten. Correct, correct. And it's back to our original point. It's a, it's a league turned upside down. And, you know, with Ohio State likely going to the college football playoff, that opens up like the Rose Bowl. And you mentioned Northwestern. They have been to the Rose Bowl, and they have the most important thing of all above a quarterback, which is a great coach in Pat Fitzgerald. Yes. So they're, you know – they're they're never a gimme win for anybody. They really aren't. They're competitive, no. and in you know just an excellent team, an excellent program would be the way I'd put that. And yeah, so yeah. you're absolutely right, AP. It's uh, you know, and then look at Maryland and Rutgers. Uh, you, you know, they're they're winning some games, and in Maryland, of course, they beat yeah. Penn State pretty handily with. To his younger brother, sure just you know, a couple weeks ago, and and they're new members of the Big Ten, as we all know, and uh, but yet right. now they're, you know, you know, their moment may be at hand, certainly for Maryland, that's for sure. Yeah, and there's quite a few good ball players in the Baltimore and surrounding area. I mean, you got LSU recruiting up there. Alabama's gone up there for years recruiting players. I mean, if they could, 
put the fences up to keep keep the uh, out of state teams from coming in and stealing some of those players. Maryland could do some damage in that league. And you, I was looking at Northwestern's schedule, and they play Wisconsin this week. Could be a and that's a um, home game for them. But then they have at Michigan State, at Minnesota, Illinois, and then you have that game whether they're in the, the championship game or they're going to come up with an opponent for, for them. You know, that last game in the Big Ten, they're still waiting to come up with the opponents. They're trying to figure everything out for that last day. But, I mean, Northwestern, it could have a season, you know, couple losses. Yes, and you make such a good point, AP, because growing up near State College, you know, Penn State throughout my lifetime for decades has owned recruiting in specifically New Jersey and Maryland. So just talent-laden, talent-rich states. Uh, and, you know, Penn State's just owned them for decades, and it's just simply no longer the case. And I don't think it's really the case anymore around college football. It's just uh, not that way anymore. But it is now. It, it's wide open for everybody. And, hey, you know, I can't mention Tua's brother without mentioning Tua, who won another game. The Dolphins just looked terrific. And Tua is, you know, with three and zero now, and uh, and looking every bit the quarterback that people thought he would be, and class act. Uh, he's really doing a great job down in Miami, and again, all credit to him. Yeah, when I watched the game yesterday, John, it was just like I was watching him at Alabama. He's taking the snap. Yes. He's surveying the field. He's getting rid of the ball in a timely fashion. If it's not available, he either escapes the rush or makes a few yards uh, scrambling down the field. I just think, you know, when you're playing at Alabama, you're playing in the SEC, you're going against fast players in practice. I mean, Alabama, I think, now has the most players in the NFL. I believe that's correct. So in your practices, you're you're going against NFL-type players. I mean, so it's definitely a step up when you go through the NFL because they're all big, strong, and fast, but – you can make that adjustment very quickly. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, well, good for him. I think everybody's rooting for Tua since that injury, which is hard to believe, was only about a year ago. And, uh, That's correct. And, yes, and he's all the way back, and good for him. Well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our second segment together. Uh, why don't we take our break now and still a few things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Very sure has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation, Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, A.P., I'll give my pick of the week for appointment viewing, which is a we already talked about it this Saturday's number nine, Indiana. Interesting to say that. Versus number three, Ohio State in the Horseshoe at uh, noon on Saturday, noon Eastern time on Saturday. Should be a great game. And AP, when you think of Indiana, you think of basketball, obviously, the Hoosiers. Uh, and you've got some big news coming out on uh, the NCAA basketball tournament this year. Yeah, John, they just announced this morning that the entire tournament, the 68 teams, will be uh, fielded in Indianapolis for a bubble. I mean, the the NBA has nothing on the NCAA now. (laughs) Correct. They're going to have have that bubble in Indianapolis, 68 teams. That's amazing. Yeah. Having had the good fortune to be out in Indiana, Indianapolis specifically, a few times, uh, that that's a sneaky good city, number one, with a whole lot of hotel rooms, and they're going to need every last one of them come March, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah like I said, John, I think they're going to rent closet space. Yeah, <laughs> the broom closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the people will be fighting over it's a walk-in quite a few closet, teams. and you'll be lucky to get a broom closet. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's that's quite a few people, John, in one city, at the same time. That's in the in the restaurants as well. The food food industry going to make Elmo's. out really well. Yep, the legendary St. Elmo's with perhaps the best shrimp cocktail in the world. No, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Um, I can only imagine uh, what it'll be like try to get in there that week, but. 
Yeah, again, they uh, obviously the NCAA would have never done this with Indianapolis unless the city of Indianapolis proved they could house everybody. But I guess, well, you know, I, I guess I should ask the obvious question, AP. They probably won't be allowing fans in. Was that referenced in any of this yet, or too early? Um, I I didn't see that. I didn't see that, John. But I'm thinking no. I mean, because yeah, the, you have no teams. You have, if you have, let's say, and you're trying to allow a certain number of fans, even if it's 500, that's 34,000 fans. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, clearly the NCAA has to be thinking that there won't be fans. No surprise. We're already out into sports teams, what have you. I think it was the Lakers I saw announcing there won't be any fans, quote, until further notice. Uh, as a Patriot season ticket holder, I just got a notice last week, no fans the rest of the year, no surprise, <clears throat> um, up in Foxborough. So, in fact, as we discussed this AP, it, it seems like it might be impossible to ha- now to have fans because despite Indianapolis and its many hotels and whatnot, you know, just housing 68 teams would fill every room in Indianapolis and beyond for sure. Yeah, yeah, for certain. And then, John, you're playing these games. That means you have to have all these games played uh, and scheduled for one week in the same town. It's going to be fascinating where they're going to play. Correct, correct. Well, you know, Lucas Oil Stadium is where the Colts play, and it's a spectacular facility, but they also, the Pacers I haven't been inside, but I've been right in the lobby on non-game day. I've, uh, I think it's Market Arena, if I'm not mistaken, where the Pacers mm-hmm. play, and it is beautiful, like spectacular facility. So they mm-hmm. have at least two major, major league facilities um, right. to hold and, these games. And I think, so. is, but, is Butler there as well, John? Butler? But, good point, AP. The legendary uh, Butler Fieldhouse. Um mm-hmm is very close. I, I think it's, quote, within the city limits of Indianapolis. So that's a very good point. Uh, what's the actual name of it? I don't know if it's the Butler Fieldhouse. It, um, I, 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 yeah, I can't remember the exact name myself, Chad. Me either, but, but it, it's legendary. Legendary. Yeah, so there might be, like, one game after, if you play in, like, Lucas, uh, you know, that, that facility might be one game after another. Start yeah, early Lucas in the Oil Stadium. And, yeah. yeah, Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, yeah, well, I'm sure, again, all these things have been planned out, but I think we've just identified two and probably three uh, excellent facilities. Um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I'm curious. I'm, I have a memory that maybe the Butler Fieldhouse is where they filmed Hoosiers, but I'm not sure. Uh, that's what I thought, John. Yes, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, it's it, that's a great piece of information to say the least, and uh, should be fun. I know the NFL. I read a story this morning that they're thinking about a playoff bubble. Uh, apparently, some you know for the NFL playoffs. So yeah, I mean, bottom line, the bubbles proved successful for both the NBA and the NHL, and. I think it's a great idea for the postseasons, whether it's basketball or football, uh, because you don't want 
you want to do everything possible to prevent outbreaks. Uh, you know, when you get to the postseason, I mean, you want to prevent them anywhere, everywhere, anytime, but certainly, uh, certainly during the postseason. So I could see it happening, uh, but that's fascinating newsflash AP on the NCAA. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that really is. I just never thought they'd come to that conclusion. I really didn't. I didn't know if logistically they could manage, but they've had many months to think about it since it was canceled right before everything happened last March. Right. They have. Indeed, they have. No doubt about it. Um, well, AP, you know, we sh- we're here under two minutes. Uh, I started the show talking about the Patriots and their massive upset victory last night in Foxborough in the storm over the Ravens. And looks like, uh, you know, there's a season now in New England and, uh, and fascinating game between the weather and the way they bottled up Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and the statistic that we saw last night where he has not come back being down by 10 points, I guess 0-6, I think that was the statistic going into the game. I think it was 0-6, I believe, 1-6, something like that. So right. that doesn't bode well for a quarterback that's probably going to be playing in a lot of playoff games in the next coming years because Baltimore has a good organization. He's got to reverse that and rather quickly because you're not going to always be on top you're going to, and you're going to have to depend on your quarterback to make a comeback. Correct. And when I did flash up that statistic last night, it was uh, given the weather, uh, it kind of like seemed highly unlikely that he would bring him back and he did not, of course. Well, AP, I can't thank you enough for calling again. Good stuff all around. And uh, we appreciate your expertise as always. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure as always. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.